there's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonabello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonabello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonabella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. When you post a job for free with LinkedIn Jobs, you get to the people you want to interview faster. That's because we help you filter and prioritize only the most qualified candidates. Like, say you want to interview a software engineer, but you really need someone who can rock C++, Python, and help you crush off his trivia night. But come on, does that one person with all that even exist? No, five of them do, actually. And LinkedIn Jobs can help you find them right here, so you can take it from there. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash apply. That's linkedin.com slash apply. Terms and conditions apply. All Hit Radio To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the X Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time space continuum to this place. That I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And we're coming to you around the world on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, as well as the Global Star Radio Network. That gets us right through Europe, right into Northern Africa, right throughout the Middle East, and all across North America on Galaxy 19. Worldwide toll-free, 800-610-7035. Email X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our website where you can listen to the Exxon 724-365-www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Jack Duffy. He's a terrorism expert, nationally known legal expert, accredited attorney, and critically acclaimed author of The Man from 2063 and the upcoming novel about terrorism, B-L-A-C-K-M-A-M-B-A. America's plan to fight ISIS are in ruins as militant group fighters come closer to capturing Kobani and have inflicted a heavy defeat on Iraqi army west of Baghdad. The U.S.-led air attacks launched against Islamic State in Syria have yet to prove successful. President Obama's plan to degrade and destroy Islamic State has not even began to achieve any sort of success. Unfortunately, in both Syria and Iraq, ISIS is expanding its control rather than contracting. Joining me now is Jack Duffy. And Jack, great having you back here in the X-Zone. Uh, the last time you and I talked, we were talking about the man from 2063. 
Yes, that's correct. It's been a little while, but I'm glad to be back. Well, we're glad you're back, Jack. And, you know, uh, just uh, before you and I started talking, there was a news report that it seems that ISIS had previously captured an air base, and now the Iraqi pilots are teaching the ISIS people how to fly jets. I hadn't heard that. That uh, doesn't surprise me, though. Matt and Jack, what, what's going on? You know, like, here we thought President, uh, President Obama says, all right, we're going to get air support in there. Which, and I, I, is, is it my imagination or have the countries of the world underestimated the power and strength of ISIS? Oh, I think so. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, the United States, under Obama, in the last few months has, well, basically Obama, not, I don't blame our country, I blame Obama because he's the one that's in charge. Uh, he's the one that has decided not to do anything until so late in the game now. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he decided to have airstrikes finally when the military told him you better do something, but that's not going to be enough to, to take out ISIS. He, we're going to have to put troops uh, into Iraq and Syria, unfortunately, in my opinion, to stop this army because they've gotten too powerful now, and uh, just bombing them is not going to be enough to do it. Jack, why, in your opinion, is the president so hesitant about putting boots on the ground to, you know, just to get the ball rolling? Come on, guys, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Let's get in there, eradicate them, and get it over with. Well, I think he's uh, he, he ran on a platform of you know wanting to end a war, not start a war, and so I think he's stuck in that mentality. And even though his generals and other military advisors are telling him, you've got to put people in there to yeah. fight these, uh, this group, he just doesn't want to believe it or just doesn't want to do it for some reason. Um, I don't know what, I don't know why he's not doing it. I really don't. I wish I could talk to him and ask him. But yeah. uh, he's making a big mistake, in my opinion. And every week that goes by that we don't do something, uh, it's just going to make it worse and worse and worse until we're really going to have a problem. What I can't understand, Jack, is that he put initially 4,000 troops into Africa to fight Ebola. Yesterday, he just called up another 3,000 reservists, putting them in Africa to fight against Ebola. Here we have 7,000 members of the military who have had no protective training against Ebola whatsoever. There is no known vaccine for Ebola. And he's putting them in direct harm's way. And just further up the uh, continent of Africa, you've got a terrorist action that can actually cause a lot more havoc on American soil, then Absolutely. it just doesn't make sense to me. And uh, listen, I'm not a political expert. I'm not a military expert. But I'm just telling you as, as a John Q. public who's watching what's going on, I don't get it. Well, I don't either. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm not a military man either, but I, kn I know enough to know from what I've read and researched that uh, when you get a powerful group like this ISIS has, has become, and they've become mm -hmm. very, very powerful, don't, don't make no mistake about it, they're recruiting people from all over the world, uh, which is dangerous. Uh, they've got Americans coming over to join them. They've got European people coming in and joining them. They've got people from all over the place wanting to join this group for some reason uh, because they identify with their crazy ideology. Mm -hmm. And that's a real problem because when you have our own people, Americans wanting to join a group like this, and then who knows if they're going to come back into our country someday, which they probably will, right. be radicalized, and then they start coming over here and killing people over here in the United States. So uh, it's just going to be like a mushroom effect. Uh, it's going to get worse. Jack, please stand by. Great having you with us. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Jack Duffy, and we've had the pleasure of having Jack on before. Here's a couple of websites, jackduffyattorney.com, themanfrom2063.com, and blackmambajackduffy.com. And uh, Jack Duffy and I will be back on the other side of this short break. Don't go away. 
Duffy is our special guest of this hour, Exonation, and Jack has uh, a new book coming out. It's called Black Mamba, and uh, Jack's website is blackmambajackduffy.com. And uh, Jack, tell us about your book. Well, uh, I'm in the process of writing it. It's about three-fourths finished. I should be finished with it in the next two months or so, Mm -hmm. and then I hope to have it published sometime next year. Uh, I really think this is going to be a really exciting book, uh, not because I'm writing it, but because I think people are going to like reading it. Uh, The the book is basically about a terrorist organization, a fictional organization called Black Mamba, and I won't tell the the audience what the acronym stands for because I don't want to give it away, but every letter of the uh, name Black Mamba stands for something that makes sense when you put it together. Uh, this organization evolves from a rich guy, a billionaire, uh, disenfranchised American billionaire who hates the United States. Of course, this is all fiction. Uh, he ends up turning on the United States. He, he owns a he, he has his own private island in the Pacific Ocean where he's a recluse, and he ends up starting a terrorist network basically with his own money. And uh, it grows and grows and grows over time and becomes more and more powerful. He's a herpetologist, and that's where the name Black Mama comes from, because the, uh, there's, there's the deadly African snake called the Black Mama, which I'm sure you're familiar with, mm-hmm. that's in Africa. And I researched the Black Mama snakes. I was always interested in it, because it's every, every herpetologist and science person who studies snakes will tell you that the Black Mama is considered the most dangerous snake overall in the entire world, if you're going to rank them all by deadliness. Uh, the Black Mamba can kill a man in 15 minutes. Uh, if you get antivenom, you still have a 70% chance of not surviving even with the antivenom, uh, it's that powerful. Uh, it's the only snake that's ever killed an, an elephant in the history of the, of the world that we know of. It's that powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of snake is, uh, is fearless. It uh, will attack you at random. It will strike you repeatedly. Uh, every time it hits you, it puts more venom into you. It's one of the most toxic venoms in the entire world. Uh, it's very fast-acting, and that's why the death rate is so high. And until there was an antivenom, there was, it was 100% fatality if you got bit by one. So that's where I got the name for the organization. Uh, it kind of fits in with what they do. In the book, they use the Black Mama snake to kill people, uh, uh, world leaders, instead of just killing with a bomb or shooting them, which is the way most people do it. Uh, they use more ingenious methods. They actually have snakes that come out of briefcases or out of uh, compartments on airplanes. And, of course, the, the snake is there. It bites you, and you're dead. Ouch. So that's, the part what the, so that's what the book's about, but it's a lot more than just that. Uh, the heroes of the book are two CIA agents, fictional characters who are patterned kind of like after James Bond. Uh, because as, as a kid, when I grew up in the 60s, I always loved the James Bond movie, oh, yeah. uh, specifically Sean Connery. And so uh, I wanted to write a book about a fictional, a couple of fictional agents like Bond, who mm-hmm. are my, they're my American Bonds. And these guys are the ones that go around and uh, they're, comp- they're fighting this organization throughout the book, uh, taking them all over the world. Uh, doing different things, just kind of like James Bond does in the movie. So it's a very entertaining book. Uh, a lot of what's in the book is based on real stuff. It's not all fiction. Uh, like, for instance, a plane gets hijacked, kind of like what happened in Malaysia. Uh, I have a different scenario about what happens in my book, but they hijack an American Airlines 777 in my book. Uh, very clever way how they do it. I don't, I don't want to give all this away to the, to the audience yet, but uh, they kill a lot of world leaders in, 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 the, in, in the book. They kill the head of, the, the head of the, uh, Russia, who's based on a person like Putin, I did that because I don't like Putin. <laughs> but they, they also kill other leaders in the world. Uh, they behead people. Uh, basically what Black Mama does is they end up controlling all the terrorist groups that exist in the world. Mm-hmm. They, they end up controlling ISIS, Al-Qaeda, the Red Brigade. Uh, every, every known terrorist group that's ever existed and does exist is, basically becomes a member of their organization or they just get wiped out by Black Mama. So that part will probably never happen. I don't think we'll ever, ever have a major group that can take over every other group to control them. But uh, in the book, they do control them, and that's how powerful the group becomes. Uh, they become so powerful, they use nuclear weapons against the United States. I don't want to uh, give that away. but uh, So there's a lot of stuff in the book that's kind of 
based on a lot of reality, and I think it's going to be a very entertaining, thrilling book. Uh, Jack, what is the biggest threat the U.S. faces today from terrorists? I think it's a nuclear attack, uh, like what's described in my book. Uh, there's some suitcase portable nuclear weapons that the former Soviet Union had that have uh, been uh, lost or unaccounted for since the Soviet Union collapsed. And the CIA doesn't know where they are. The, Ru the Russians aren't completely sure where they are. Uh, they don't know who's got them or if anybody has them or where they are located. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a scary thing because if one of those weapons gets, falls into the hands of a terrorist group and they find out how to detonate it, then uh, they'll do it. They'll bring it over here and they'll explode one in New York or Washington or someplace here in the United States. So I think that's our biggest fear right now. In fact, there was an interview with the current FBI director on 60 Minutes last week where he talked about that very thing, that that was the, the biggest fear that uh, our country has right now is a, a nuclear attack. Jack Tuffy is our special guest. He is the author of an upcoming book entitled Black Mamba. And Jack's uh, website is, uh, he's got three of them. But we're going to give you two because they're, they're you know, they're, towards the writing that this man has done, and he's done a great job. The first one is themanfrom2063.com and blackmamajackduffy.com. Jack, do you think President Obama has done enough to fight ISIS? No, I don't. Uh, I think he's way behind the curve. Uh, I'm very disappointed in, in what he's done and hasn't done. Uh, he, he just, Like we talked earlier, he just seems to think that this isn't a big enough threat to really get too worried about it, and he's totally wrong. Uh, I mean, how can you ignore when they're beheading Americans over there on exactly. the video? Uh, they're massacring people over there, uh, machine gunning them down in ditches like mm -hmm. the Germans did in World War II. They're they're crucifying people. They're beheading children. They're, I mean, they're just doing the, the most incredible atrocities to everyone who disagrees with them, killing civilians right and left. Uh, why he thinks that's not a threat is beyond me, because uh, if, if they keep getting stronger and stronger, they're going to keep doing this to other countries. They're going to invade other countries. Uh, they may go into Saudi Arabia where the oil fields are. They've already got oil fields as it is right now. That's where they're getting all their money from. Right. They get about $6 million a day off oil that they're selling right now. That's why they're, getting, that's why they're so wealthy. I mean, this group is a lot worse than al-Qaeda ever was. I mean, al-Qaeda even broke away from them because they were too brutal for al-Qaeda. Imagine that. Al-Qaeda thinks they're too brutal. The, uh, the, the countries so. that are buying the oil from ISIS, shouldn't they be under some sort of sanction as well? Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, they're financing this group, yeah. helping finance them by buying the oil from them. So, absolutely. Uh, how do you stop a group like this? It's kind of like how you, know, how you stop Hitler. I mean, uh, I compare him a lot to Hitler in some yes. ways. I mean, this is the same kind of situation. Uh, you have to have you have to put an army on the ground, and you got to have. We're going to have to get other allies like Germany, France, Britain, Australia, Canada, other countries like us who have something to lose in this fight, and some of the more. Um, uh, reasonable Arab countries that are on our side, like Jordan and uh, the United Emir Emirates and some of these other countries over there need to join in with us. And we're going to have to have a massive uh, co combination of troops from all sorts of countries to kind of to go in there and, and, and kill these people and yeah. get rid of them. I mean, that's the only way to beat them. It's going to be interesting to see if ISIS invades Turkey or crosses into Turkey because Turkey is, is a member of NATO. And right. according to what I understand, Jack, that if one country or one group or one entity attacks any member of NATO, then basically they're attacking all the members of NATO, which include the United States, Great Britain, Canada, and many other uh, countries in, in the world that love democracy and freedom. If they right. do that, and Turkey that has a significant army, if Turkey doesn't do anything then, man, we've got real problems. Right. I don't know if they're going to be crazy enough to go into Turkey or not, because then they're really they're going to have a fight on their hands, like you said, because Turkey's yeah. pretty well armed and uh, will fight. 
if they do that, then you know, then, then we got to come in and help Turkey too, and Turkey will be joining the five. So, I think ISIS could be eventually defeated, uh, but it's gonna—it's not gonna be done overnight or within a month or two. It's gonna take time to beat these people because we've, Obama's let them get to the point now where they're extremely powerful, extremely dangerous, and they're getting more and more stronger every week. Uh, they're not getting weaker; they're getting stronger, and. Uh, when you when you let an organization keep growing and growing like this, it's kind of like Black Mamba in my book. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it starts starts hitting all the world. I mean, I mean, they had, uh, ISIS was putting out threats in Australia. They were telling people, the uh, members of followers in Australia, to go out and grab people on the streets in Australia and go behead them. I mean, that just happened just not too long ago. They yeah. were telling people to do that. They were telling their followers here in the United States to go hunt down people in the military and get their addresses and kill them in their homes. I mean. I mean, they're putting out threats all over the world. I mean, this is not a joke. I mean, this is not something to just take lightly. I mean, these people are serious about wanting to kill everybody. I understand that putting boots on the ground in Syria, going against ISIS on the ground, is against what President Obama wants his legacy to be. However, big deal. You've got a problem. Face it. It seems that the midterm elections also are playing a part in what's going on, and people are dying. What do you think it'll take? They just had a poll last night on on O'Reilly's show that like 70% of the country disagrees or thinks Obama's doing a very poor job leading the country right now. Uh, All sorts of polls are saying that people disagree with what he's doing, how he's uh, handling the country, uh, not not just foreign policy, but overall economy, everything. So... So he's not he's not real popular right now. So most Democrats are disassociating themselves from Obama, who are running for office right now. But he still has another two years in office. Is there anything that the American voters, the American public, can do to either force him to to act in their best behalf or get him out of power? Well, the only way you're going to get rid of him is to have him get impeached. Uh, well, of course, I don't want him to get killed, but you know, yeah. he'd have to die in office. Sure. Uh, you know, impeaching him is probably not going to happen. So, so I mean, well, I think we're stuck with Obama for two more years, whether we like it or not. Uh, so I, hopefully if the Senate goes Republican, which it probably will in November, uh, then he's not going to have the Congress will be controlled by the Republicans, both houses, and he's going to have a real hard time getting anything accomplished. So he'll just be a lame duck for two more years, but then that doesn't help us any because he's still in there for two years. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. All right, if if both houses go Republican, doesn't he still have the option of signing executive orders that they cannot block? Uh, I don't believe he I don't believe he just unilaterally just pass whatever he wants to. I mean, he's going to have to get some congressional approval on certain things. He can't just do everything uniformly, you know, unilaterally like he was mm-hmm. like he's trying to do. I mean, uh, so uh, you know, like, only Congress can declare war, for instance. I mean, he can't do that. So. Um, he'll try to do whatever he can without having to get a congressional approval, that's for sure, but uh, he's going to be limited, in my opinion, by what he's going to be able to accomplish. But hasn't he all already taken actions that require the approval of Congress? He's, yeah, he has. He's, he's basically just thumbed his nose at the Constitution and yeah. done what he, what, he, what he feels like doing. And um, up to this point, he's gotten away with it, unfortunately. So I don't, I'm, not in, I'm not in Washington. I'm not in Congress, so I don't know why they're not blocking him or what the, why they're not trying to do something right. about it. But uh He's, uh, he definitely thinks he's the king, and he can just do whatever he wants to. But uh, as long as he's running the country the way he is right now, we're, we're going to have problems the next two years, and it's not going to get any better. I mean, I, what I'm afraid of is that we may actually have another 9-11 on his watch, yeah. which I hope doesn't happen. I'm, I'm scared we're going to have another 9-11 before he leaves office, and it's going to be because of the way he's doing things that's going to cause it. I mean, he's he's broken down a lot of dismantled a lot of what Bush and Cheney put together mm-hmm. uh, to protect the country. He dismantled a lot of their policies. 
he did he he did away with the waterboarding, you know, saying it was torture. When you know, CIA said it wasn't torture; it was legal. Uh, we got a lot of valuable information from terrorists by waterboarding them. Uh, so he's done, he's done away with that. Uh, he's done a lot of things to just make it a lot easier for terrorists to attack us. All right, uh, Jack, please stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation Jack Duffy is our special guest. He has a new upcoming book entitled Black Mamba. His website, www.themanfrom2063, that's themanfrom2063.com, and blackmambajackduffy.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Uh, Jack Duffy is our special guest. He is a terrorism expert. He's CEO and president of The Man from 2063, Inc. He's an accredited attorney at law with over 20 years of experience. He is an expert in the fields of criminal defense, family law, personal injury. He is ranked in the top 100. You already know the fun of Kings Island. Blue ice cream for lunch, catching your breath between screams on the beast. But this summer at Kings Island, this is 50. Don't miss their 50th anniversary celebration all summer long with new shows, new food, and new fun. It's Kings Island's biggest summer yet. And the fun doesn't stop once the sun goes down. The nighttime spectacular lights up the sky with fireworks, pyrotechnics, and drones. A perfect reason to stay up past bedtime. Make plans now at visitkingsisland.com. Join Planet Fitness now through June 15th and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment in $24.99 a month. You'll enjoy an upgraded experience with tons of perks. Like access to more than 2,000 locations worldwide? Yep. Super soothing hydro massage chairs? Yes. Can I bring a friend every time? Sure. Can my friend be a horse? Mm, nay. Uh, sorry. Get the PF Black Card and feel fit-tacular. Zero enrollment, $24.99 a month. Deal ends June 15th. See club for details. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Attorneys by the Fort Worth Magazine, BV rated by Martindale Hubble, recognized uh, Jack for his legal ability and expertise, um, and uh, like I said, he is the author of The Man from 2063, and uh, his up and new coming book is entitled Black Mamba. Jack, when when you look at when you look at ISIS. And you see the strength and the power and the money that these uh, this organization has, and it keeps on amassing. It keeps on uh, getting its arms from the soldiers and the depots that that they take over. And now I've even learned uh, through a CNN report that uh, it seems that they are teaching the, the Iraqi pilots are teaching ISIS pilots how to fly captured aircraft. So not only are they going to be on the ground, but now they're going to be in the air. This this puts a whole new, whole new spin on this terrorist uh, group. 
Absolutely. I hadn't heard about the pilots being trained, but it doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse. Uh, mm-hmm. Once once they get pilots who can fly jets, and, and they can start shooting planes down and bombing places, and then they have their own little air force, basically. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's getting out of control real quickly here. Yeah. If I was if I was Obama, here's what I would do. I would I would immediately start sending ground troops in and, and encourage other countries to come in and join us with their troops. And I'd start sending troops in and try to surround these people and just start taking them out like Patton did in World War II. I mean, it's the same kind of mentality. It's either, you know, it's either them or us. Uh, they're not going away, and if we don't do something, they're going to be over here quicker than we think they are if they're not already over here to begin with. I think they've already got operatives in this country right now probably. Of course. Uh, so, go ahead. It's, it's, it's going to be uh, something to see. In fact, uh, my producer is just uh, getting me the... Uh, the information, and this is from Reuters, Islamic State flying three jets in Syria, and this is according to the um, to the uh, Reuters news service and all the other main uh, services, including the BBC, are reporting the same thing. So, NBC uh, NBC is also reporting the same story. So obviously, the story has been vetted that now we have three jets, three jets that ISIS are learning how to fly. If this doesn't push well, like the, the president into making the move that he should make, I don't know what it, I don't know what will. Mind you, I I don't think that these these aircraft that ISIS are learning how to fly are any match for the uh, for the coalition aircraft. But probably, still, probably it's, but still, it's it's a flying bomb. I to be honest with you, Jack, I'm surprised they haven't started using biological weapons yet because just just imagine this, you've got you've got radical. Uh, people that have been radicalized from the United States and Canada who are over there in Syria. It wouldn't take very much for the, the, uh, the ISIS to get a person who has Ebola. Get these radicalized Westerners infected with Ebola. The World Health Organization says the incubation period for Ebola is not 21 days, it's 42 days. Okay. So you get these people coming back to Canada and the United States with Ebola. If they're going to blow themselves up with a bomb, what would stop them from infecting as many people as they can before they died? That's you're right. That's exactly correct, and that's a, that's a, uh, something we've got to be concerned about. Uh, I, I agree with you. If they send some people over here who are infected, they could yeah. just start getting around people and infecting all sorts of people. And then it just spreads and spreads, and then you've got a big epidemic. Uh, so yeah, we don't want to give them ideas, but no, they, they probably have already thought about that. Sure. Uh, and, of course, there's other ways to hit us biologically, too. If they have other types of weapons that we may not be aware of that they have, they could have chemical weapons. I don't, we don't <laughs> know what they have or don't have. Uh, what I'm concerned about is they could just have people come over here and just randomly start killing people with guns, yep. randomly start killing us with, like, suicide vests, suicide bombers. Uh, you know, just use that tactic, just have people walk into a crowded place like a movie theater, a shopping mall, or whatever, and blow themselves up and kill 40, 50 people at one time. So, you know, that, that hasn't happened yet in the United States, but I can see that coming. Uh, all sorts of ways they can strike at us. Is, do you think there's any connection between ISIS and Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 disappearing? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. I don't. I haven't seen any proof or evidence that they had anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, who knows? I mean, you know, Malaysia's uh, got a big Muslim population over there. Exactly. For all we know, they might have. They might have had people that were connected with ISIS involved in that. I mean, we we still don't know what really happened in that plane yet. We don't know if it crashed or if it was hijacked. We they haven't even found the plane. So. Uh, we don't know what happened to it. Yeah, a lot of st- a lot of when you look at all these things apart, 
you know, for example, Ebola and then the missing Flight 370 and other little things that have happened over the past year is one thing. But when you start putting them together, it's like, hmm. Right. Could there be a connection somewhere? Yeah. So, so Jack, we're, we're getting, go on. Uh, getting back to my novel for yeah. a minute. Uh, in my novel, they 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 hijack a plane from Hawaii. Uh, the way they do it, and you know, I have a good imagination. That's why I like to write books. But I hope I'm not giving them ideas in my book. But uh, the way they do it is, they have a, a pilot who's a regular employee of the American Airlines, a fictional pilot who's uh, upset and, and ticked off at American Airlines because he was uh, demoted and reprimanded for drinking on the job. And so uh, he's mad at the airline, and he's become a, a Muslim and become a jihadist, unknown uh, to them. And he and his co-pilot, uh, who's not involved in, with him, fly together a lot on flights. And so in the scenario I put in the book, it's kind of scary because it's very believable. It's very realistic what could happen. Uh, they, they take off in a jet with a plane load of people out of Hawaii, and the guy who's the jihadist uh, kills his co-pilot. I won't say how he does it, but he kills the co-pilot once the plane's in the air. Yeah. He gets on an oxygen mask, and he takes the plane up to 42,000 feet, which is the maximum altitude that those planes are designed to fly to. And without oxygen, everybody's going to die. As you probably already know, they die from hypoxia when the plane gets to that kind of uh, level of mm-hmm. an atmosphere without oxygen. So he kills all the passengers on the plane by doing that. So he's the only one that's left alive now with the plane. Uh, he flies the plane below radar like this Malaysia plane might have done, uh, where they can't track it easily. He turns off the transponder. And in the book, of course, fiction to some degree, but he, he's able to fly the plane to the headquarters of this massive terrorist group that operates out of the Pacific. He lands the plane on their island, and of course nobody knows where the plane's gone now, and the plane's hidden in a hangar underground, which has specifically been built to accommodate a plane of that size. So that's what happens in my fictional world, but, <clears throat> you know, something like that is very possible. You know, something like that could very easily happen, though, on a bigger scale. Why do you think there's going to be another 9-11, Jack? Because I think they're determined that they're going to hit us again somewhere a lot harder than they did the last time. When I say they, I mean, it could be Al-Qaeda, it could be any group. But mm-hmm. I just think they're, they're, they're determined they want to do more damage to this country, and they're thinking of another more diabolical way to kill more people the next time. And I think it's going to happen sooner or later, unfortunately. That, you know, I, I can't understand the mentality. I can't understand the thinking. I, it, it boggles my imagination, Jack, to see what this... These, these terrorists are getting away with all in the name of religion. And yet, right. I see what is happening in France. I see what is happening in the United Kingdom where Sharia uh, law is, is, is being implemented. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Why, why, are, why is Western society and Western thinking so afraid of these people? Well, we, uh, I guess we're afraid of them because they don't value human life any, like, the, like most civilizations do. They don't care about dying or killing people. In fact, they, you know, the, way, the way they interpret the Koran is to kill everybody who doesn't agree with uh, Muhammad, you know, go out and kill the infidels. And so you know, anybody who doesn't agree with their interpretation of the Islamic religion, they're just going to kill. So you know, we've never had an enemy quite like that in our history before, or maybe back in the Middle Ages or something, mm-hmm. but not in the, not in the recent history. <laughs> I mean, even Hitler wasn't like that. Even Hitler wasn't religiously motivated. He was, he was just, he, he wanted a supreme race, but, you know, he even wasn't doing some of the crazy stuff these people are doing. Do you think it's possible then we need to take a look back in history and find out how the, um, the Muslim wars of days gone by were won and take a lesson from history and right. start fighting fire with fire? Oh, Absolutely. 
Yeah. Getting back to the 9-11 thing you asked yeah. about a while ago, well, let me give you a very realistic scenario of how another 9-11 could happen, and I, hope, I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. Let's say you have something like the like way I described in my book, where you have a couple of pilots who are Americans, mm-hmm. uh, who are not Muslim, who are not Arab, but for some reason have been converted over to their way of thinking. Uh, we don't know if somebody like that out there really exists or not. They may very well be out there. Uh, let's say a couple of pilots get, get in the cockpit of a plane and they're going to crash the plane uh, on purpose. Now they have cockpit doors where you can't get into the cockpit as easily like you could back before 9-11. So these guys could literally take a plane off somewhere in the United States, fly anywhere in the United States, take off with a plane load of people and pretend like they're flying to the regular destination and they could do it on a day when there's a big event going on like a football game in an NFL stadium or some big event somewhere with lots of people. Oh are. my god, yeah. Make sure they make sure make sure they fly out of a city close by where that where that football stadium's going to be close to the, close to when the game's going to be going on. They could fly over to that stadium and just fly the plane right into the stadium before the air force or anybody could react quick enough to do anything about it. I mean, you don't think that could happen? It could happen very easily. Where there's a will there's a way. And we, well, saw, we saw that with 9-11. Who said it had to be hijackers? And who said we had to have hijackers yeah. do it the next time? Exactly. Exactly. So when we look at the... I mean, so, so when we look at the big picture, Jack, using your legal experience and, and the way that lawyers think, and especially since you are an author and, and you can take it further than any other lawyer I've ever had the pleasure of talking to, <laughs> how can the U.S. defend itself from attacks on the homeland? Well, it's going to have to be through superior intelligence, uh, like the CIA and the FBI working mm-hmm. together. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but before 9-11, I, just was, I learned this from reading other books, that there was a wall between the two agencies before 9-11 where they could not really communicate with each other about what they had found out uh, regarding enemies, foreign and domestic, that they were not allowed to communicate. There was like a, a wall dividing their two agencies. Of course, Bush took that wall down after 9-11, so now they can exchange information with each other now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, it's, going to be in, it's going to be intelligence is going to how we're going to defeat these people. We have to penetrate cells, find out who's up to stuff, who's talking about doing things, who's, who's radicalizing people, who's, who's writing things on Facebook or writing things on a computer, you know, cell phones, intercept messages from cell phones. Uh, it's just going to be intelligence is how we're going to have to stop these people because that's, we've disrupted a lot of terrorist plots since 9-11 through good intelligence. I don't know if you're aware of that, but it, we've disrupted many, many plots uh, that would have succeeded otherwise had we not gotten the right intelligence. So that's the way. Uh, well, that's the way we prevented another line eleven so far. But that's how we're going to have to stop these people. That's the only way to do it. Um, there are so many people who complain about Big Brother watching too much. That the intelligence agencies and the government has too much power. My 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 response to them, Jack, is well, if you've got nothing to fear, you have nothing to. If you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. Right. So I agree with that. So you know, e- even the FBI is now going to Google and other other internet uh, internet uh, IPs and and internet search engines and saying, "Hey, listen, guys, you're you're using this encryption method that is tying our hands. We can't fight the bad guys. You're giving them illegal loopholes." Right. How do we how do we convince the American public or or the public in general that in order to fight in today's society, we need to give law enforcement and the intelligence agencies the powers that they need in order to protect us. And once again, I cannot understand why people get so sensitive about their privacy if they have nothing to hide. Right. 
Well, I mean, some people think, well, I don't want everything that I'm saying on a cell phone or everything I'm writing on a computer to be able to, you know, for Big Brother to be able to find out about it. Well, I agree with to some degree on that, but uh, for the most part, the CIA is not monitoring every person's phone calls. They're they're monitoring. The FBI is monitoring people who are suspicious or who have raised a red flag through their activities or have been they've been tipped off about somebody from some other person who's associated with this person. Uh, that's who they're really zeroing in on. Uh, because the vast majority of the American people are, you know, not going to become terrorists, obviously, and um, it's just a small percentage that's going to do harm to this country. So, if you were president of the United States, Jack, what would you do? If I was president right now, yes, sir. As far as as far as helping the FBI and the, and the CIA catch people, or, or this or entire this entire terrorist um, scenario that we've been well, talking would, about. I would, I, would, I would go back to doing what Bush and Cheney were doing. I would go back to installing the same tactics, uh, procedures that they put in place, like waterboarding mm-hmm. people uh, like they were doing before. Uh, I, would, uh, I would give our, our, our the home, Homeland Security a lot more power than they have, uh, which has become what Bush and Cheney did, yep. to, to start intercepting phone calls and, uh, and, and zeroing in on more on people. Uh, I would just I would ramp it up a lot more than what uh, Obama's doing, uh, and try to get back to the way Bush and Cheney were doing things back when they were in office, because they were doing it right, in my opinion. And Cheney even admitted that that's the reason why we, there was not another major attack after 9/11, because of the procedures that they put in place and the tactics that they started using against terrorists to get information. Uh, he, he talked about all the information that they got out of, from waterboarding that it was very useful. I mean, uh, that, that's how they found out about who was behind the 9/11 attack. Uh, you know, the guy finally confessed that he was the mastermind when they waterboarded him and. So uh, it does work. Yeah, because these people certainly don't play by the by the rules. So I think that our our law enforcement agencies or our intelligence agencies agencies should fight fire with fire. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I would start doing. I mean, I don't know if it's, American people may not like it, but uh, some of these big wigs that we've captured that are in Gitmo, that are their buddies. Uh, I hate to be ruthless, but you know, you might want to take one or two of those guys out and and behead them on TV, and uh, let let the enemy see. You know, we can play this kind of game too mm-hmm. with, with our prisoners. You know, if you want to play that kind of game, we'll start killing your people over the same way you're doing our journalists. An eye for an eye. Exactly. Jack, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. Jack Duffy is our guest this hour. Jack has a new book that will be coming out shortly. It's called Black Mamba. Now, here's a couple of websites, www.themanfrom2063.com and www.blackmambajackduffy.com. Jack and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Online, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. You can listen to the Exxon Radio Show at www.exxonradiotv.com or you can now call 213-401-0080. I'll be back on the other side of this break with Jack Duffy. Don't go away. Nation. Uh, Jack Duffy is my guest, and uh, during this hour, you've heard me talk about www.themanfrom2063.com. And Jack, I was just wondering if you could uh, just briefly tell our listeners who may not have had the opportunity of hearing you the last time you were on the show about The Man from 2063. 
Sure. Uh, it's a novel about the JFK assassination that I wrote because I've always been fascinated with the Kennedy case, and we've talked about that before on your show. <laughs> uh, I've been studying the Kennedy assassination for 40-some-odd years now, and I uh, was really fascinated with the whole conspiracy side of the case because of what I discovered when I studied it for all those years. So I combined a, a fictional story with a lot of factual information about a possible conspiracy that might have killed JFK, or rather that I think did kill JFK. And the book is about a lawyer who goes back in a time machine from 100 years after the assassination, and he basically goes back and finds out that there was a conspiracy and that uh, he prevents Kennedy from being killed in the book. And JFK survives and serves out two terms and changes everything. And there's no Vietnam War, for instance, because Kennedy right. uh, does die. And so it's a real interesting book. What do you think happened to JFK? Was he a target of an assassination conspiracy? Was Lee Harvey Oswald the lone gunman? Was there a magic bullet? Was there somebody on the grassy knoll? I think I could prove right now in a courtroom that Oswald didn't even fire a shot, but we don't have enough time to go into all that right now. But uh, there's, there's tons of evidence that's come out in the last 50 years that now proves that Oswald probably didn't fire a shot at Kennedy. But anyway, I do think Oswald was set up by whoever killed the president. I think he was killed by Ruby on purpose to shut him up so mm -hmm. there wouldn't be a trial because the conspiracy knew that Oswald was not the, the, the trigger man, and they had to get rid of him. He was their fall guy. They had to have somebody take the blame, and he was the one that was the fall guy. So uh, there, it was obvious that there were more, there's more than one shooter that killed Kennedy because of uh, this is too much evidence. We don't have the time to go into it all right now. But, uh, you know, the doctors in Dallas that I talked to, for one thing, all said there was a conspiracy, that there was more than one shooter. From, there was one from the front and from the back. Wow. So you just start with the doctors to begin with, and you have a conspiracy. So. Jack, what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite you back on closer to the, to the anniversary of the uh, JFK assassination so we can talk in detail about the conspiracy right. and as well as the assassination. So, uh, Jack, always great talking to you. What, what are you. What's your final message to the Exxon Nation tonight? Well, I just want us to wake up. Uh, I want Obama to wake up before it's too late because mm -hmm. we are under a real threat from this ISIS group. Uh, the whole world's under a threat from these people. Uh, they're serious about what they're going to do to us if we don't stop them. And I just don't want to wake up someday and have another 9-11 attack happening somewhere in the United States that could have been prevented because we sat around and didn't do anything. So I hope Obama will wake up and go take some direct action to try to fight and kill these people before it's too late. Jack, uh, as always, great talking to you. Where can our listeners get a copy of um, The Man from 2063? It's available on Amazon. It's also available from Barnes and Noble stores, and it's also available from the publisher Tate Publishing. That's T A T E Publishing dot com. They sell the book also. It's also out in uh, audio, Kindle, and paperback. Fantastic, Jack Duffy. Thank you so much for joining us. Continued success, and I look forward to talking to you in the month of November about the JFK assassination. Until then, my friends, stay Absolutely. safe. Okay, thank you so much. Good night, Jack. Take care of yourself. Exo Nation, my guest this hour has been Jack Duffy, and we've had the pleasure of talking to Jack before about the man from 2063, and Jack will be joining us as we get closer to the anniversary date of that fateful day in November in 1963 when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. One of the greatest mysteries of all times. Who killed JFK? Some believe Lee Harvey Oswald. Some believe... It was the military because they didn't want the war in uh, Vietnam not to happen. Some believe that even President Johnson, then Vice President Johnson, had his hand in it. It's going to be an interesting hour when Jack Duffy joins us back here in the Exxon as we discuss the man from 2063. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at ten minutes past, at uh, six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. But once again, for more information on Jack Duffy... The man from 2063.com and Black Mamba Jack Duffy.
thexone.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, across North America on Galaxy 19, and now throughout Europe, the Middle East, and Africa on Europe's Hotbird Satellite. We'll be back. Don't go away. Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.